Well, hello, Jennifer, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So why don't you tell the audience who you are, what you do, how you roll, and how you are killing it today, knowing everything there is to know about digital media. So um, my name is Jennifer, and I run a, um, a marketing firm, an agency called Insight Marketing Group. I've been doing it since 2006. Have a team of about 10 rock stars who have been with me for years that really make all the wheels turn and get us to where we're going. And then we have another company, Insight Training Solutions, that does um, training for medical practice employees. And what I mean by that is we do a lot of on-demand training and employee engagement focused around the area of patient experience and developing and um, building culture within your practice and really tying kind of the best of marketing related to employee engagement. We came about that because for years we had practices coming to us and asking us to fix their one, two, and three star reviews online. And it got to the point that we said, hey doc, you know, we can only do so much if you're not willing to get to the root of the problem, which is typically something related to customer service, mm -hmm. even from the physician side, then, um, you're never gonna fix the problem. And so that's where we came up with the training organization. And so we have we have training that we put out that's specific for medical practices. And then we have workshops that we deliver in office. And then we have a ton of partners out there that we work with who are former practice administrators and professional trainers and leadership coaches that we work with together to kind of develop that. And I come from not a medical background, but actually um, I'm a serial entrepreneur, have started and sold a couple of businesses over the years. My family um, are entrepreneurs. They own a pretty successful restaurant in Central Florida, catering companies, things of that nature. And um, I had a, an alter ego and a, another life that I'm just coming off of this past year as a two-term county commissioner in the number one tourist destination in the entire world, where I was one of seven people making very big decisions. But were you one of only, were you the only woman? No, actually. <gasps> I was one of many, and I served under a female mayor. And the oh. funny part is when I was termed out, because legally we could only serve eight years, so I served my eight years and I left, the board turned over and now in Orange County, Florida, they have a mayor and six female, they have a male mayor with six female commissioners. And uh, I can't imagine the dynamics love of it. that. Oh, yeah. I love it. So that's where I come from. That's kind of the background. So I have a business background and I have a politics background, but it all, you know, kind of comes back into how can you help people be successful in what they're doing and how can you connect the dots and through those connections, everybody has success. I love it. I love the the woman entrepreneur story. The um, the fact that you could be in politics. Like I give you so much credit. I my husband says all the time you should consider, and I'm like over my dead body. I have a lot of foot and mouth moments when mm -hmm. I was in politics, and I will say um, I learned, and I do a lot of talks about like social media customer service, mm -hmm. and I came to that not because of what I see in medical practices, but because of what I was dealing with in politics. And so I came into being in office when social media was just kind of jump starting. 
And I was very, I was one of the very first in the state of Florida. And I was recognized on a national level and several times where I would use Facebook in particular to deliver constituent messaging messages Mm -hmm. and to do constituent relations, especially like when the hurricanes would hit and the power would be out and people didn't know where they could go to get supplies or sandbags and things like that. We use social media to kind of generate that. And I was one of the first to do it, which really gave me kind of a different lens for what I did from a business standpoint. Oh, I adore that. I think that everybody should really embrace that they have and, and, and brag almost about how they weren't just in this industry because all of those skills that we've learned through doing other things really, really help in the business that you're passionate about, right? I mean, it's like we're pulling on different brains and different attributes. Um, I will share briefly that, you know, I'm sober 25 years and um, I wrote a book about mental health and life and in business. And I put it all out there because I saw what was happening in the business industry without allowing people, especially in this healthcare world, to have moments of like, I'm having a bad day and I really need to speak to somebody that can help me through this. And I saw so much pain and, you know, that I thought, now is the time to just be that vulnerable and let that out there because I under, I have a, a neighbor in um, my office that I'm normally in when it's not COVID-19 that just ran for city commission of Clearwater. She's a badass girl, Lena. She didn't win, but man, we were all pulling for her because it needs some, she's in the fashion industry. So she's pulling from all of these different skills to be able to do something like that really, really incredible. So I'm super proud. It's no wonder that you're so successful because. But shout out to her because I, I will say, Sharon, I lost the first time I ran mm. and this I knocked on, here. Good. Speak about that. I, I lost and you need to give her my number because I, I will say I went into a full year of depression Ooh. to the point that I couldn't have a conversation mm. without crying. And it, it, and I have a friend who just ran for office and lost and she's going through the same thing. And I said to her, it's going to happen because when you put everything into something, I knocked on that first year, I knocked on 20,000 doors. We spent about a hundred thousand dollars on my name, name ID. You know, you take a lot of hits when you're running for office or when you're in office, just, you know, people are just nasty. And yeah. you just deal with that. And, and as females, I think a lot of times you internalize it. Mm-hmm. And so it's got to come out some way. And so losing was the hardest thing I, that I ever went through at that time. I've been through plenty more that's more difficult now. But had I not lost, I wouldn't have been put into my role when I finally won. I wouldn't have been in the right place. I yeah. wouldn't have had the chance to serve with the people I served. And the economy would have been terrible when I won the first time if I had won. And instead I came in when it was a good economy and I was able to deliver things for my constituents and for my community. And so losing teaches you so much once you can get past just the idea of losing and and what we all internalize. So, I mean, if you want to give her my number, have her call me. I'll offer her any advice she needs. Thank you. Because, you know, I I know how strong she is. She owns like a wine business. Um, She comes from the fashion industry. She has two kids. I know how tough it was, um, but she's tough as nails and, and she was really fighting for us. 
But all I see her doing online right now is organizing her closets. Hey, whatever works. So it's probably great therapy. Like every day there's something new in her house that's organized. She'll probably create a business out of it. I wouldn't be surprised, but thank that's you. That's great. I really, really appreciate that because um, I do believe that we all need support, especially during this time. And, you know, when I decided to open uh, my business, I thought I was going to have a bunch of doctor whisperers running around with me. And what I realized is that you know, I have my skills. I do what I do best. And I want others, I want to pay others to do what they do best. And like you said, you know, your losses, who would have known that the path that was being paved for you was going to look like this, right? Absolutely. But all of it prepares us. That's why I bring up being sober 25 years because I've been working on my mental health every day for 25 years. So I'm prepared for something like this. And this is when people that have been through trials and tribulations, whatever industry they're in, have to have to come out and speak up. Like, we're going to be okay. You know, the path is being paved. And, and we don't want to see, of course, the, all of this, uh, this destruction and pain and death. But through this, you know, there's only going to be a few of us that want to hold each other's hand. And I'm so glad that we're holding hands virtually today. Um, can you tell me what it's been like to, I don't know, you've been in politics, so I'm going to assume that the, the medical industry maybe has been a walk in the park or that the being in politics prepared you. I want to know how it has felt more than anything to be in this industry. How long has it been? I've been working in medical since 2008. Okay. So, so. in the beginning, were you in shock? No, so I always, so I would come in and um, I, I'm used to being in charge. Right. <laughs> and so to come in and have to listen more than I, more than I spoke and kind of take it in, I was always amazed at how decisions are made. Yes. Working in practices. Um, so when you find a practice who makes decisions in a way that you admire, like I really admire sometimes when you make decisions by committee, but you have a strong CEO that's able to like cut the cord and, and make a swift decision if necessary. I always admired that. The rules and regulations are just crazy talk. Um, yeah. But I find that once I get in with a practice and I have built a relationship and we've built some trust and they understand, I think that my background helps me get a foot into practices. Yeah. Because I think doctors really appreciate credentials and people that are in leadership positions. And so they're more willing to kind of listen. But I think that might get me a foot in the door. But the reality is that once we're able to show folks what we do, that yeah. we build that trust and authority. And what I'm, what really like takes me back is the, um, the loyalty once you're in a practice. Yeah. Because once, once a doctor or a practice administrator truly will trust you, then I feel like you really can grow together. And I wasn't expecting that. Um, but what, that's once you get past all the noise and the craziness. And I will say that being inside practices and the dichotomy between the patient and the, and the, the provider and then everybody else. And then, you know, kind of seeing like the whole babysitting thing and, and just dealing with a big staff and how do you manage that? 
and the things that I would never want to be a part of. Um, I'm always just taken aback at how well the practice administrators are able to hold it all together. I'm fearful though, that especially with what we're going through right now, I'm fearful that people won't choose healthcare as a path necessarily. And I'm fearful that practice administrators in particular, just like physicians are reaching a total point of burnout and that we are about to see um, a real shift in not being able to get professionals that will step into these positions. And these positions are so critical for delivering just basic care to our communities. And so I think that there's, there's gonna be a, um, like a tailwind a lot of issues that we're going to need to deal with as a community moving forward because we're burning people out at such an alarming rate. And so I'm fearful of that. And I've seen that from, um, from the, the government side as well, because we talk about population health, we talk about getting into disparaging communities, and we talk about getting messages out there. And you look at some of the COVID-19 numbers that were coming in yesterday, I think it was out of Chicago, and um, 30% of certain groups are testing positive for COVID-19, but 72% of all positive cases are African-American. And part of that is directly related to higher levels of diabetes, obesity, and chronic um, heart disease and things of that nature. And that part of that is the government and the rest of us not being able to reach those communities. And so I I see what's going on and the level of PTSD that we're probably getting ready to face and all of you know, the, the things that are gonna come out of this, the reaction to this, this crisis are gonna lead us in a new path. And so I'm fearful that there won't be enough good people running practices that are willing to step into the field. And the, that alone is going to be something that we're gonna now have to deal with moving forward. And so, you know, when I got into medicine, I might have been a little bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, but um, but now I kind of see it, and I think it's my experiences allowed me to see it in this way. Yeah, wow. Those um, so I didn't know that statistic about um, African American communities, but it certainly makes sense. You know, the first uh, doctor I had on my Facebook show, who's been a client for years, uh, does weight loss and. Um, you know, we don't even like to call it weight loss. It's like healthy weight for life. You know, here's a, a, a primary care doctor who has been doing family medicine his whole life from Chicago, ironically, and really just saw what was happening 20 years ago. And he's prescribing medication, but he knows he's putting a Band-Aid on a bigger issue, which is, you know, obesity causing diabetes, causing cardiac disease, causing hypertension, and got a lot of slack, right? And this is where when we talk about marketing, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm weaving this story together a little bit that it was not attractive to his colleagues to do the things that he was going to do. He got a lot of slack. He's been called the fat doctor, the... Um, just give you a prescription to get skinny doctor where if you knew him you would know that his only goal in life has been to try to help people have a healthy weight for life because he knew that it was causing these other issues which was the advantage of being this family medicine physician but taking a step out of what the norm is which is what we're going 
I so here I love what you said and here's so two different perspectives but listen I'm getting slack because I'm like positive positive patty I think somebody called me the other day which listen you had to know me 25 years ago I wasn't so damn positive <laughs> but I say that because when you have gone through adversity like we're talking about and you come out the other side because you see what is happening now and our history always predicts our future. So although it is such a difficult time right now, difficult in the sense of exactly what you're talking about, that these, there's going to be a lot of change in the healthcare industry. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of people coming into offices anymore when, they, when they're used to telehealth. That's a fact. So if you're not doing telehealth, right, I think we both agree that now is the time. There's certainly a lot of resources that I know that you've been talking about. You've probably talked about it to death on your podcast. So now is the time for everybody to pivot into what is the truth about what you know and how can you change that? You know, because I had mentioned, I do work with a lot of preventative, a lot of integrative medicine docs, and, and they have been out of this kind of insurance card running around with it and got all of them get slack. I got slack. I'm sure you got slack, right? When, when we do something different, it, I was told that I was having a nervous breakdown because I wanted to open my own business. Somebody told me I was going through a midlife crisis. It just so happened I, I was 40 when I decided to do it. You know, so I think that the, the people that will innovate will be the ones that had that little nudge, right? Like, you know, I don't feel really great about all of these drugs I'm giving out as a psychiatrist or, you know, and they will reinvent themselves through this. And we will have, I feel in my soul, because we know that the globe is benefiting right now. We know that there's a lack of CO2 going up into the atmosphere because less people are driving. Yeah. So the earth is going to benefit. This is a global pandemic but mother earth is literally dancing and she's so happy and that's why it's called mother earth not father earth because it will take a woman damn it to make this change jennifer she has spoken well sharon you said you live near the beach so I do. you know the beach i mean with the beaches being closed for the most part it isn't doing nothing but replenishing. I've got a place over on the beach on the other coast that you're on. Um, and it's okay. Like, I'm a little upset I can't be over there at the beach house because it's not rented right now and I can could be sitting on the, on the beach. But it's closed, but it's totally replenishing. And you're right. Like, Mother Earth is opening her arms and doing a dance because everything's being cleaned up. Have you noticed how many butterflies there are? They're everywhere. Have you noticed how quiet it is when you walk out in your neighborhood and how valuable that quiet is to us? You know how many wonderful ideas and new businesses are going to be created that we all need right now? I have a book that I keep <laughs> that's full of ideas because I have to only put my ideas in my book because I can't put it on my to-do list. Only my ideas. We got books. My book yeah. is called A Vision for You. <laughs> I so love it. Ideas that they're waking me up at night. Thank you. And that's not my menopause. That's just me waking up because I'm full of ideas. I'm full of something. Oh my God. We could probably talk for hours about this. So I want, I want, I, I know I'm going to end up referring a lot of people your way because 
I, I can only do things that I enjoy. And here's what I enjoy. Not much. I'm kidding. Uh, I enjoy working. <laughs> Not much of the industry I'm in sometimes. I enjoy inspiring doctors to stick around. I enjoy being that nudge. I enjoy telling people the truth. So I've really been very selective of who I'm working with now because I really want to selfishly keep this mental health wellness inside of me going. You know, I, I actually asked my community yesterday to check on me. Like, Jennifer, I'm quite sure you're in the camp of strong women and people need to check on us strong women. Because I had a, a day of crying yesterday, not one person reached out to me, but I'm being stretched. That's a lie, the two people did. That is a big fat lie. I can't lie to you, I'm sorry, Jennifer, I have to take this moment. One woman who lost her son, who's 27, 37, young, young, right, anybody, under 50 is young to me. And she reached out to me. Like, what is that about? So we have to check on each other. And I believe that you and your company are going to be a huge resource for everybody. Cause I don't do like SEO. I, I only refer business and I really only, I really prefer to work with women owned businesses to be honest with you. Um, I prefer to work with people that I know have the best interests of the physicians, you know, and, and I feel like, like you are that. The reason that I opened my second business was because I didn't feel good about the people I was referring business to, let's be honest. And the doctors, it's not their fault. I'm like a bodyguard for these doctors. I just don't yes. want anybody to screw them, right? That's exactly, that's exactly it. I just want people to deliver. I want people to do what they say they're going to do and do a good job. And you know what? You're not going to get it all right. And when you don't, just admit it. Just admit it. I made a mistake. Oh my God, those are my favorite words. I try to tell Alyssa this all the time. I made a mistake. Oh, that is so it much happens. better than excuses, right? Please. Maybe if I had told that to my husband all the time, we'd still be married. You see? <laughs> now you know. No. <laughs> You're probably happier, I'm just saying. <laughs> You're going to plead the fifth. I love that. You see? Yeah, I, I, I am. I do that. I tell my, my husband all the time. I don't know how he deals with me. Well, we're opposite. That's how we deal with each other. I didn't get married until I was 36. Yeah, 37. I'm 10 years married. So I yeah, was I'll, sh I'll share with you. I'll share with you, Sharon. Um, so you're, you read the book on mental illness and mental health. And I, I actually ended up losing my husband to bipolar disorder. He's still around, but he... Um, he had, so I was in politics and six so weeks sorry. after, that's okay. Sorry. No, no, you're not a jerk. You're not a jerk. But I think this is valuable in context. Um, so it was six days after my reelection and I got into an argument with him in the morning and I went off to a, a like a groundbreaking to an, to an event and I started feeling bad about it. And I called him and I said, hey, Dave, um, I think you should go to the hospital. If you really are feeling this way, I think you should go to the hospital. And he, within 20 minutes, he was being airlifted to 
the hospital where he had open heart surgery. 30 days later, he came home and within 12 hours, he was being Baker acted for the first time, which ended up being about 30 times, I think. And it was through that, that I realized, so I had just come off of being reelected, which is very stressful. My father, my stepfather, the only man in my life ever from a father's standpoint, had just been diagnosed with stage four cancer. My mother was having to take care of him. And then my husband, this happens to him. And he never became the same person again. And I tell you all this because no matter what we're going through right now with COVID-19, we will get through this. If you can get through it from a health standpoint, from a business standpoint, from your practice standpoint, whatever it is, if you can get through it, there are so many opportunities to reinvent, to pivot, to double down on the other side of it. And so we just have to take care of ourselves and the people around us. And it will, the opportunities are so vast on the other side. And I will say this, so my ex-husband, because he one day when, if you've ever been lived with someone that's got bipolar disorder, you know what it can be like. It's very difficult. I do. Um, it led to us getting divorced and that was his decision, not mine, but it was a blessing. And now he is doing well. He's living up in Ohio with his family and he's putting one foot in front of the other and he has recovered from it. He's just not the same right. person anymore. Mm -hmm. But it, it led to so many opportunities going through that crisis, which is what I think we're in now. We're going through a crisis as a community, as, as the world is going through it. And we have to take care of our mental health because when we take care of our mental health, those ideas that you and I are both generating in our idea books, they are going to come to fruition. Something's going to happen. What I took from all of that when I was elected, I happened to be at the right time, at the right place that I could make real change. I was able to, because I was going through it, I was able to identify something that was going on in Miami, Florida. And watching like a, a C-SPAN Sunday show when I was trying to get some work done, it was in the background. And I was able to take what I needed out of that C-SPAN show put together a proposal to start a trial diversion program in my community where individuals who were being arrested and putting in the, put in the jails because it's a cycle. They get arrested, their, they go bipolar, they get arrested, they're schizophrenic, they get arrested, they get a record, they, they get put out, they don't get on their meds, the families are pushed out because of HIPAA, you know, it's a cycle. So we were able to create a diversion program, a pilot program for training law enforcement and to get it to where instead of getting put into the jail, they were put into another area to try to get people the help they need. And I say that because that was a great thing that came from all that chaos. And so right now we're in that chaos right now. So the practices that are going to be able to identify whether it's telemedicine or pivoting to, to at-home work or changing the culture, the ones that are able to take a step back, see the forest through the trees, they're going to excel six months yeah. from now. Amen. And that's what I'm excited about. I Amen. think that just get our heads in the right spot. That is all that matters. It's only about our mindset. And you know, I, mm -hmm. I start and end with that all the time. I never in a million years thought I would be so grateful that I smoked crack, but I did. 
I never thought in a million years, and I love saying it because as soon as I start talking about the fact that I am sober, like that's how, where I start, I want to disarm everybody. I want you to know that I am not the doctor whisperer. Like overnight, this is a 25 year journey of all these adversities put together. When my boyfriend had a girlfriend, when, you know, 9-11 happened, when, when all of this stuff happened and we're still here and we're still breathing, when there's still a butterfly that we can see, where there's somebody else that we can help for not selfish reasons, but because we know, you know, when somebody says to me, Sharon, thank you so much. You have no idea how much you helped me. I'm like, oh, honey, <laughs> I know that you think I'm helping you but you are helping me. I know that me and you are not done. We are going to have a lifetime friendship because you are my people. Who knew with this pocket? I don't even know how I ended up on yours. And like, it was like a whirlwind. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I'm going to be on the radio that morning or I'm just fine. I'll just take care of all of it. I want, I'm going to send you my book because I'm quite sure that you relate to a lot of it. Not that you smoked crack and, and blacked out and moved to Detroit, Michigan, like I did for two years, but <laughs> all of this adversity, that's why, you know, when people call me positive Patty or whatever the heck they're calling me or bitch face, I've been called a lot. It doesn't matter when you want to die and you don't, or you've gone through adversity like you have no COVID-19, unless it affects us on our health and our family's health, is going to ever stop us from going. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And I can't wait to have a part two, three, nine, and 12. <laughs> I love it, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll have all the information of how to reach your company. And I'd so much prefer not to talk about business with everybody I talk to these days. So forgive me, forgive us. We did throw some business in there. But it's way oh, yeah. more about the personal connections, the human connections. We have to remember to be kind to each other today. So thank you. Absolutely. Stay well. Thank you, Sharon. Stay safe and stay away. <laughs> Amen. Thank you.